0: The previous managers who have led Irish teams to group stages, Michael O'Neill and Stephen Kenny, both went on to manage internationally. Stephen Bradley could definitely have those ambitions down the line.
1: Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.
0: The Saturday Panel on Off The Ball.
1: And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Now, this is the Saturday Panel, which this week is all about marathon running we haven't had a dublin marathon since 2019 because of covid but we will have one this year on sunday october 30th sponsored by irish life are you planning on running the marathon this year maybe you'll be motivated by our chat to run one in the future so we're delighted to be joined in the studio by the presenter of the hard shoulder here on news talk and dublin marathon entrant Kieran cuddy and the rio olympian in the marathon mick clahasy Kieran, and mick has a form
0: yeah, good, John. Yeah,
1: yeah, all good. Thanks for having me in. Yeah, good to see you both.
0: And we also embarrassing me a little bit by putting me on the panel with an Olympic... Well, yeah, it's not only yeah, it's, I am. it's not only <laughs> it's not only
1: McLoughlin here on the panel with. I'm <laughs> delighted to sorry. that we're on the line. We're joined by Olympic silver medalist from 2000 in the 5000 meters, Sonia Sullivan, the Dublin Marathon winner of that year, and the 1998 London Marathon winner and cross country star Katrina McKiernan. Sonia Katrina has the form. Good. <laughs> Really good,
2: thank
1: you. I know Kieran's really embarrassed here, but you know we'll get through. We'll get through the, <laughs> the next forty-five minutes, no problem. Um, Kieran, let, let's start with you. Actually, why are you like so many thousands of people running a marathon this year?
0: Well, I'm I'm doing Dublin for the Irish Cancer Society. So lots of people will just be doing it for themselves, and more power to them. Uh, there's others who who enter with charity tickets, as they are called. I am one of them. So I'm running for the Irish Cancer Society and this is my shameless plug. If you go to my uh, Instagram uh, account, at Cudahy Kieran, there's a link in the bio there. So, uh, listen, it goes without saying that everybody in this conversation and everybody listening to it, to one degree or another, will have their lives touched by cancer, directly or indirectly. And And I think at this stage, we all know how important uh, the, the services provided by the Irish Cancer Society and others are, and how much they rely on fundraising. I think we all, we, we, you know, that was kind of lip service was paid to that. And then when COVID happened, you mentioned it, and fundraising kind of dried up and the ability to fundraise we really got a sense of how, how, how kind of desperately short a lot of these uh, organisations were. So anyway, they're they're back fundraising like everybody else, and I am happy to to, to play my part in it, A little
1: part. But how are you feeling? Are you nervous? excited? Look, you're doing it for a great cause, and how are you feeling yourself about it?
0: I'm no, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I am excited. Uh, I'll I guess I I'm not. Will I get a bit nervous on the day? I get the usual nerves on the day okay. when I do a, a, a kind of a run. I'd just be a bit nervous that I might not uh, hit the target. If you're going to run running 5Ks in a park run, you want to do like a sub so 20 or whatever people's target happens to be, like, and you kind of blow up, you can go out and do another 5K the following week. That's what I'm a little nervous about is if I blow up in the marathon, <laughs> I have to wait months and months before yeah. you get another opportunity yeah. to right that wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, make like, so Kieran is, is you know, trying to run the Dublin Marathon for the first time, um, whether you're an Olympian like uh, Sonia or, you know, you're running, winning a Dublin mar- Marathon like Sonia has, or winning a London Marathon like Katrina has, but for anybody, just a regular person, the achievement of saying, I have run a marathon, it, it's, it's a significant thing in somebody's life to be able to say that,
3: like you were in Rio and everything like oh, that. Absolutely, yeah, like, I mean, the marathon is, is such a, an event of endurance and achievement and, you know, a sense of accomplishment for, no matter what the level is, and I, I, I suppose it's the... The buzz of a marathon is, is kind of different to other events in, in, in athletics, you know, because it's it's all inclusive. And also, as as Ciaran was saying about the, the charity element of it, um, and it's 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 just such a great event. And I've run maybe 14 of them now, and I've run Dublin Marathon twice. They were my favourite marathons, the hometown, the buzz of it. And, um, you know, it's going to be great when it's back now in, in, in October after the couple of year break. So I think the city as well is starting to kind of embrace it more as well you know and it's becoming there's people coming out to watch the match that may, maybe never used to and bringing their families out and it's you know it's just the encouragement and I think it's the everyone's in it together kind of
1: kind of vibe about it you're hoping to get there you've battling a few injuries at the moment
3: yeah i've had a few in- injury issues um kind of a messy last couple of years with injuries i had a very good run of it without injuries and i suppose the nature of the sport is you know where and there you start to things start to creep in so i got over one injury there at christmas time um, was on the comeback and in the last couple of months I've had a few issues just to knock me back but I think I'm getting over it so um, I'm aiming for Dublin so the next few weeks will be crucial for me to try and get going properly but I, I'm, I'm confident I can you know it's 11 weeks from Sunday so for me that's it's a good block of time to, to get to get going.
1: Sonia, there's something very life affirming, I think, about the marathon day. We're talking about Herbic here and there raising money for the Irish Cancer Society. So many other people will be raising money for good causes. You got the people in Dublin or wherever you're going to run a marathon, cheering you on. You have the support network. It's quite a profound day.
4: It is. It's. Um, I think especially the Dublin marathon. It really engages so many people. You know, the people running, the the supporters, and then uh, all the charities that are benefiting, benefiting from it. They all come out and. part of the day as well so it's it's a really big day and I think this it's so much more than just running 26 miles which you know that was you know I suppose originally what running the marathon was but now there's just so much more to it so many more aspects so many more reasons why people run the marathon and um, yeah I suppose everybody needs a reason to to finish the marathon because when you stand on the start line I'd say there's not many people who don't have this all crossed their mind, you know, of what lies ahead and what have they committed to, why are we doing this? You know, it's such a long way. Um, And once it gets going, then you just have to break it down into small pieces. And, you know, you have to have some reason to get yourself from the start to the finish line.
1: Because Katrina, that, that's interesting from what Sonia says because you're involved with Mick at the moment in a runner support series for the twenty twenty two Dublin Marathon. So I think the whole concept of that is having a community feel, whether it's a buddy that you're training with, whether it's um people that you know can give you emotional support. Maybe talk to us about that runner support series.
2: Yeah, well, as Sonia said there, you have to have a, a reason why you want to run the marathon. And you know, a lot of people they're so happy to be back running now and running in races and you know we didn't have the double marathon for the past two years, so that is even in itself a motivational factor for people and look it's 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 running <laughs> only those that do it can explain why why we do it and um it's just you get that great feeling of satisfaction and to, regardless of what pace you run a marathon at. You know, it's it's just that great feeling of satisfaction that you set yourself a goal and that you achieve that goal. And I think that's what, you know, that's what people think about while they're training. And that's important to think about that because um, it is difficult getting out. You know it's a long build up to a marathon maybe 16 weeks for some people even longer for other people so and um, they need something to keep them motivated and having family support and having people to train with that's very very important because it's not like a you know, a shorter race whereby the build-up is much, much shorter or or it's not as important maybe to them like a park run or a 5k club run. Um, So it's important to have the, the support from family and people to train with as well And because it makes it much easier. If you know that you're going to meet somebody for a training run, you're definitely going to make the effort to get out there. But if you're going out yourself, you kind of put it off and maybe not end up doing it at all. But one thing I would like to say is that It's important for everybody that's running the marathon to have uh, a plan rather than just getting up in the morning and say, oh, I'm going to run whatever 10K today. Uh, It's most, most important to have a plan and follow that plan as much as you can. It's not cast in stone, but it is important to... uh, to build up the mileage very gradually and to build up your long run gradually, and it takes the weight off your shoulders as well, knowing that you have something to follow and knowing that the plan that you're doing is something that's going to get you to the start line healthy and get you to the finish line.
1: Kieran Cuddy is the 13th of August. What are you doing? What is your plan at the moment? When did you start training? What is it like day to day at the moment? <laughs> well, as
0: uh, I, I'd always be tipping away, and it's interesting listening to uh, Sonia and Katrina talking about, I suppose, having other people as well and the support network because i i joined a virtual running club uh last year uh, right. with uh, andrew board this is another plug uh and I'm, I'm very shameless today uh, the fitness goose i don't know where he came up with the name maybe i should ask him but uh andrew's been brilliant um and it's brilliant being part of a little community because there's that element of accountability as well and it's not as if anyone in it is actually pouring over your um, uh, you, you know, your kind of your Strava or anything to make sure that you're actually hitting your targets. Andrew is the the main guy, uh, but it 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 it's a it, it introduces an element of pressure in a positive way to actually get out and to follow a plan. And of course, it, it introduces the plan in the first place because I've kind of. I uh, made an attempt to tilt at a marathon uh, before, a quixotic tilt back in 2014 in Barcelona and I kind of made it up as I went along a little bit and I was just doing it to try and kind of maybe get fit over winter because that's a spring marathon and it all went to pot a little bit. Um, and it's just been great having uh, a bit of structure and everything now. So anyway, what am I doing at the moment? I, can't, I guess the mileage is just starting to build up.
1: Uh, okay, so where uh, are you at now, moment. miles-wise?
0: Uh, I did maybe, so the longest I've maybe done, I had 25k okay. the week before last, I think. And it's kind of dipped down a little bit. Uh, again, in the plan, I think I only have 18k um, on Sunday with a couple of little, Tempo segments in it, so easy on the wine on Saturday night, right? Um, and then it'll kind of start to build up a little bit again, yeah.
1: Is it true that you shouldn't run the full distance, Mick, until the marathon day? Um, there's, there's, a, there are two sides of it. I think, though, for people who
3: are, you know, obviously new to the event um, and maybe not at different levels, but I think if you're running the, the full distance, it can empty, empty the tank, you know, in in the weeks ahead. So um, that couple of k off the distance to get your body used to getting close to it, but then. You will you will cope on the day itself. Um, the adrenaline, and everything. You know you'll get through them extra few few k's. Um, but in the past, for myself, when I started running marathons, I used to do over the distance. So I, I operate in miles, old school. I think Sonia and Katrina might be similar, but I used to do twenty seven <laughs> mile runs. Right. And it was to get me mentally prepared for what was coming. Now this was from a performance side of things. So, um, they did empty. They 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 were tough, and I wouldn't do them now. The longest I do would be. 22 to 24 mile runs, um, only a couple of them in a build up and a lot of 20 milers, 18 milers, but I wouldn't go over distance anymore. So they did stand to me, but I wouldn't say they're for everyone. And I think people who are new to it, it's just building up gradually. And you know, you will cover them last few miles or Ks on the day if you haven't done them in training because your adrenaline. And you, you you, know, if you do that a few weeks before, there is the risk of you're running your marathon and training, so to speak. So um, I wouldn't be encouraging people to, to do that Full distance. Kieran Cody
1: mentioned the word wine. There is, is alcohol allowed? I mean, is there? Should you be? In it's actively
0: instru- encouraged. Oh, is it? <laughs> um,
1: like everything is a balance. Okay. Um,
3: from my from my own um, kind of career and that, like, look, I've I've relaxed a bit as well, and I kind of have a balance. I think in the past, maybe I didn't. I might have overdone it, um, and affected my <laughs> training And that's when I'm going back a good few years. But I think a little bit is good to relax, you know, with a meal or whatever, and. You know even a beer or two there's actually good carbohydrates in it as well so um look everyone has their own way of doing things so i wouldn't be saying yeah you, sh- you should be but I, I think there's no harm especially after a long run or hard session um with a meal having having a beer or a glass of wine or two is no harm once it's not you know look we all know when, when you hit a certain level and you overdo it that's a different story but if it's not affecting your training and it helps you sleep helps you relax but look i'm not an advocate for, you know, if you don't drink, don't drink. And, you know,
1: yeah, don't so, try out on you when you're trying. Katrina, it seems like cheap meals are allowed occasionally.
2: Yeah, look, it, it depends on the individual and uh, whatever makes you happy. You can't, you know, you can't live too strict of a life. And, um you know, most of the people that are running the marathon, they just want to get to the finish line. Uh, that's their goal. I suppose, you know, when you're talking about an elite level, Uh, Diet is very, very important. But I suppose the clientele that we're talking to here is is people that just want to tick that box and and finish the marathon. One thing I would say though is, you know, we talked about doing Mick saying about doing twenty seven miles. Fair play to you, Mick. Uh, But I would a little bit of advice or a warning would be to, you know do as little as possible and get away with it because um, often people overdo it for marathon training when they think that they're doing a marathon they just think miles, 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 miles and often more often than not uh, people have run their race before they get to the start line and unfortunately some people don't get to the start line because they get injured and and overdo it so you know just be careful just listen to the body try and get as much rest as possible recovery is so important uh, when you're doing mileage like that and you know if there's things to you know I suppose do as little work as possible and and it's only you know 11 weeks now as Nick said so just put all your eggs in the one basket for that and just focus on that and um, you know just keep the mileage at bay without overdoing it and everybody is different as well and one thing would be is not to compare yourself to other people because you know you might be running in a group and some people would say I did this that or the other and then you go out and try Try to do that, and your body isn't able for it, so just focus on yourself and what you're capable of
1: doing. Sonia, also psychologically, you have to manage the mind as well. 26 miles on your own, I know you might be running in groups and training, but on the day you're on your own. Would you have been somebody you would have talked to yourself? How do you manage the mind, especially when you get to the hard parts of the race, maybe 18, 19, 20 miles in?
4: Yeah, I think you have to break it down, and also I think you know, the, the more preparation that you can do, then the more you'll enjoy the race and the more, it, you know, you'll be able to manage it a lot better. I think the best marathon I ever did was when I learned how to train for it properly. And it wasn't my fastest by any stretch. It was like half an hour slower, but it was the one that I enjoyed the most because I prepared specifically for it, for the level that I was at at the time. And um, I think the key is that you have to remember there's no prizes for training. Um, And, you know, you don't get any rewards for the training, but you get a big reward. If you do the proper training that leads you to get, you know, a a result or a time or whatever it is, that's going to be happy, make you happy when you cross the finish line, the satisfaction of doing it and doing it well. And I think that's the thing with the long runs as well, as I would always do the long runs. I think when I, was preparing for the last marathon, I was actually thinking in kilometers. I converted over then, and I was up to about 33 kilometers. And so I just felt that I was within 10K of the finish. And then I would drop back down to 30 again and then come up and try and do 33 better. So I think you get better at doing, you know, about maybe three quarters of the race. And once you feel that you kind of... Um, you just kind of, you're in control of what you're doing, I think, and you're in control of the pace that you know that you can go. Then I think the first 10 kilometers, you don't even have to worry about. The second and third are okay if you're fit and you've done all the training. And then the last 10 kilometers, you know, that's the run into the finish. And if you've paced yourself well enough, that's when you'll start to run past people. And uh, then it's good fun. You know, if you feel like you're coming on at the end and you're actually looking at the finish line and you're thinking i'm running to this finish line not just getting to it then i think you'll feel all the satisfaction and energy that you need to really enjoy you know the achievement the you know i suppose the feeling of being out there and completing the distance that you just have to feel in control of it and i could you cannot overemphasize, you know being as prepared as you possibly can for the level that you're at And and as Katrina said, you know, being focused on what you're capable of and not what all your friends and training partners are, but you focus on what you can do and not worry about what others are doing. And, um, yeah, then you'll get the best out of yourself
1: on the day. That's fascinating, your own tactics and working out your own tactics on you. So the Dublin Marathon, you rock up there in 2000 after winning silver in Sydney and you win the Dublin Marathon. Uh, So what was that experience like?
4: (laughs) I wasn't very prepared for that. (laughs) I was just... It was weird because I think after the Olympics, there was so much going on and that was taking me away from running. And all I wanted to do was get back to running. And I was just sitting in a cafe over here in Teddington one day and Richard Narurka, a British marathon runner, was in there. And he just mentioned to me that he was going over to the Dublin Marathon and he said the date. And I said, oh, that's the same date I'm launching my book. I said, maybe I'll run. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I just had this idea in my head that I had something to focus on. And um, I spoke to my coach at the time, you know, who (laughs) I don't know how he agreed to allow me to do this, but he said, if you can go out and do a couple of two hour runs, you'll probably be fine. And, um, you know, I just approached it very relaxed. It wasn't, you know, with any huge kind of um, chasing any goals or targets or anything like that. Um, And just, I suppose it looked realistic that I could win it. If, everything worked out properly. But I remember I got to 18 miles and I'd never been that far before in my life. And, um, yeah, it got hard then. (laughs) Then I had to really concentrate and work hard in. And, yeah, I was pretty sore afterwards.
1: Must have been some buzz, Sonia.
4: It was was great, but, you know, back then it wasn't like what the Dublin Marathon is now. When I ran it in 2015, it was so much greater. It was amazing. I can just remember running through the Phoenix Park and out there at... um, is it Castlenock Gate and the crowds out there cheering and you just get such a buzz and a lift when all these people are cheering. And um, as you go and then you go to a quiet spot and you can get back into your zone again and just run along and relax a little bit. And then, you know, you, you just take the lifts when you get them, I think, and go with it. And I can remember a friend of mine was going to come out and see me in Ratgar and it was running down just before we turned off. And I am I was looking for him because that was kind of what was getting me to that point was because I knew somebody was going to come out and cheer me on. And it was a bit windy and cold and he had a hat on him, so I didn't recognize him. And he recognized that as I was just turning the corner and he took his hat off and waved. And, you know, the, the lift that that gives you is amazing. It's such a buzz, you know, to have people out there cheering for you and to, and to spot your friends and family in the crowd.
1: What was it like then for you, Katrina, to win the London Marathon? Because you were a cross-country runner known as that. Was this something that you planned for a long time or how did that unfold for you?
2: Um, well, um, I suppose the, it was on in April and in November of the previous year, we went over to, to sign up and to say that it was going to run it. And there was nothing else in my mind from that time, from November until April, only that it was going to win the London Marathon for some strange reason. I, I don't know why I got that into my mind like generally I wouldn't be like that I just would train and uh, just you know just focus on doing the best I possibly could but you know quietly and confidently I did train and I had this thing in my mind all the time regardless of what happened I was going to win it and um it was, you know, it was a race that we would have always watched at home on TV uh, on a Sunday as a family. And I never dreamt that I would be running the race as an win it. So, um, you know, it was great achievement. It didn't all go to plan. The training went really, really well in the lead up to it. Everything that I was set out to do, I was able to do. And <clears throat> I felt very, very comfortable with everything and in control with all of the training. And... Um, Then I I went over actually just the morning before the race, on the Saturday morning, and um, we had to go to the BBC studios beforehand to do an interview and I was getting hungry after the interview and everything and uh, we went into this restaurant and I got some spaghetti bolognese and I knew at the time it just didn't taste. As as, much, as nice as the spaghetti bolognese I would make, but I anyway, knew I was so hungry <laughs> I I ate it. And uh, but anyway, it did come back to haunt me around 13 mile mark of of the London Marathon, and um, I had got terrible cramps in my stomach from, and I had to entertain them for the last 13 miles. But I was so confident and I suppose so strong and so fit that. You know nothing was going to stop me, and I remember seeing Portillos along the side of the road and saying to myself, "If I have to pay those a visit, I'm still going to win." Luckily, I didn't pay them a visit. I just kept kept running, but um, two girls had um, broken away from the pack and uh, with I don't know about 16, 17 miles to go. We got word to say that uh, they were about 90 seconds ahead, and Liz McColgan was in the group that I was in, and she had. Uh, come second the previous year, and the Kenyan girl, Joyce Chukchumba, she was also in the group and she had come first the previous year, so, in fairness to Liz, she said to me, if you're able to go after them, go after them, so I did that, and I reeled them in, and I just kept uh, kept running as fast as I possibly could, I suppose, running for my life a little bit, and then, um, with about a mile and a half to go, my coach, Joe Doonan, jumped out of the side of the road and said, let's go, you're nearly there, and you know stuff that was you know that was a great motivational factor and the crowd was phenomenal it was really you know it was just I was very focused but at the same time just the buzz in the back of your of my head like with the crowd it was uh, you know that in itself and I know people running the Dublin Marathon they're going to get great support and you know that will really, really add to it, and that will help you get through the difficult uh, parts of the marathon. There's no doubt about that. It gives you, as Sonia said, it gives you a great buzz to hear voices, to hear people calling your name, to see friendly faces, and um, you know that that it, it adds it adds or takes minutes off your off your time, um, and uh, then just in the last down the mile on the homes on the home straight. Um, there was just such a noise. I was sure there was somebody coming behind me. That uh, because I remember the previous year in London, Joyce um, jump out sprinted uh, Liz McCulligan, and I had visions of the same happening to me. And uh, there was just such a noise. I was sure that I was being, I was going to be taken over. But thankfully, I, I crossed the finish line first. And you know, it was a, just it was a, a tremendous feeling, but also a feeling of relief because. You know, I had put such uh, attention to it, put such work into it, so much focus. And when you set out to to achieve something, and you do that, you can imagine that that great sense of relief when you when you do achieve.
1: Yeah, Mick, you went down to Rio and you weren't feeling the best, but you still completed the marathon as an Olympian. But then you went to the Worlds and you d- you did much better. But to, to, to complete a marathon at the Olympic Games in in the other side of the world. Yeah,
3: obviously I was a bit under the weather going into it, but. Uh that's the thing with a marathon build up as well. You know, there's certain things you can control. There's other things that you just can't. Um, and there's always the risk of getting sick or whatever. So, I had a bit of a, a messy run run into the marathon in, in Rio. We were over there for about three weeks beforehand in a holding camp, and I was a little bit maybe overtrained going into it. Um, it was a long qualification period. Um, and I had to make sure I, I got the got the spot. Um, and when I went over, I was a bit burnt out. Maybe overdid it a bit over there wound up getting a blister and a, a virus and stuff but I kind of came around in time for the marathon and I was like look ho- hopefully it'll be okay but in a marathon when uh, things haven't gone right you know you, they'll show up in, in the latter stages so I, I kind of ran out of juice in the second half but I, I got around it because um, you know family had traveled all the way down to Rio and there was Rohini Shamrocks they would put on it you know in, in the local pub everyone was watching it and stuff so I was like I'm definitely going to finish it out and look I wasn't in agony or anything, you know, I, I was just very slow, but I got across the line and um, you know, obviously I was a bit disappointed afterwards. But then when you look back you say, look, I finished the marathon and um as you're saying, I went to the World Championships were in London the following year, twenty seventeen. And finished twenty second there and that was quite a good performance. Um and it was like a hometown race, there was so many Irish came over. It was four laps through the centre of London. So that's that's a great memory in, in that race. And then I've ran into European Championships eighteenth and stuff. So um yeah, so it was good to to wear the Irish vest and hopefully I'll, I can get back up there at, at that level. But it will take a take a bit of work
1: again to get up. What I'm hearing, Karen, from Katrina and from Mick and from uh, Sonia is is the stories uh, of uh, elite it,
0: level athletes. No, 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 I'm, oh, no, no what,
1: I'm, what I'm hearing is I'm hearing the shiver down my spine of the fact that <laughs> it's almost like you're in a in an arena with all the people around and the city streets and the uh, like. That surely will be one of the best bits about this.
0: Yeah, well, that's... uh, It's funny because I I was nearly not doing Dublin. It was up in the air whether I was going to get in on one of these charity tickets and a few of my friends were talking about going to Amsterdam, which is a couple of weeks before it and doing the marathon uh, over there. So I had entered it um, and... Uh, and then I got, I got into Dublin, and it was—I guess I had to decide which one I was going to do. And it's everyone gave me the same advice. They all said, "If you can do Dublin, do Dublin." And for for the exact reasons that we've just been hearing, just that the crowds. And it's nice to go off to other cities. You know what I mean? And and and, and do an event like that in a nice city like Amsterdam as well. It'd be nice and flat <laughs> as well. I'm sure there'd be no hills like there is up around UCD. Um, but. Um everyone said the same thing they said the atmosphere is just like for 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 an irish person running it's just going to be unparalleled you're going to have friends and family who are going to be able to come up already and we actually run up um the route up uh, milltown when it goes up milltown road it uh, goes past my cousin's house so already like my wife and kids are like you know we'll we'll kind of twenty mile miles. yeah we'll camp there you know and we'll be there so you know, you know in your head i know in my head uh, that, you know, once I get up that hill, once I see them as well, you know, that'll be another little boost for me uh, before you turn around kind of towards Klonski. So, yeah, like like that, it kind of echoes everything the lads are saying. They just said the atmosphere in Dublin is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. If you can do it at all, do it.
1: Sonia, we're running for our lives, I think, in society. Obesity is as bad as it's probably ever been. I know myself, like I lost a couple of stones the start of the year. I walk every day, at least half an hour, maybe an hour. Anybody out there, they might not be able to run a marathon in October in Dublin, but they could be able to maybe run 10K in a year's time. They might be able to run a marathon in a few years' time if they want to do so. It's very, very important now to get that message across about being active. I remember I went to Rio for the Olympics. I was covering it as a journalist. Um, I'm much fitter now. But I just remember Rio as a city has obviously got great weather, but the people were so active. And all you need is a good pair of running shoes, Sonia. Yeah, well, that's
4: the thing, you know, and you don't have to start off running either you know most people think you have to to run you have to be fast you have to you know feel good and it's the complete opposite you know you'll feel terrible and you don't you'll be really slow and the best thing that anyone can do is to do a combination of walking and running if they want to run and you know you just pick yourself a time it might be 20 minutes half an hour and you can you know walk a minute run a minute walk a minute run a minute And then you gradually will run two minutes, run three minutes, and you'll see that you'll be covering more ground in the same amount of distance. But the key is to set aside a bit of time for yourself every day to just do something, to go out, to be active, to find a destination to walk to or to run to. And just take that time for yourself and to take the time to realize how good you feel when you use that time effectively. And, you know, I think a half an hour is a good starting point for most people, Um, but an hour is ideal. You know, if you can have an hour to yourself every day, then you'll get huge benefits from that. And just the escape that you get, the time away from, you know, work, from the busyness that you can be at home, it just gives you time to relax. It gives you time to think. And you come back and you feel refreshed. And to me, I feel a totally different person after a run than than before a run.
1: Great stress reliever. And Katrina, you're with making this runner support squad. I'm sure you've met some great people along the way that are on their own individual journeys. And that's the thing. It's not to be part of the peer group. That is a support thing that is obviously important. But people just need to just tailor their own plans for themselves, do it for themselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we talked about getting us to the race and that, um, you know, when all the training is done, it's about, you know, getting to the start line healthy, as I said. But also not to get carried away with the atmosphere, especially in the first part of the race, because that's a big mistake that a lot of people make uh, running a marathon or indeed maybe any distance of a race. Um, to go off too fast or feeling good or well-rested. Uh, and there's there's uh, a great atmosphere, so it's important to uh, have your your know what you're capable of doing, have your p- uh, pace that you're going to run at. And the Dublin marathon is great because it has uh, pacemakers, and uh, just follow you know the pace that you know that you're able to, com- to complete the twenty six miles and stay behind them because uh, otherwise you know. If you run well for the first 15 miles, there's a long way to go after that. So uh, just be careful to to make sure that you run at the right pace and not, not make a mess of it after after putting in, in all the hard work.
1: But you're doing some coaching. Have you seen any students of yours graduate to longer distance running, maybe a marathon?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think when people <laughs> come new to running, there's a lot of talk about the marathon. You know, are you running a marathon? It can sometimes be a pressure of some sort, you know, that I have to run a marathon straight away. But I think to give yourself the time to build up the distances and i think that's where the park run has been great for people new to running as well and it's you know 5k is such a manageable distance and then you know people might get involved with clubs and stuff and then they start moving up the distances so i would i would never when people started running with me and they haven't run Martins, i'd say look build up run a half marathon run 10 mile races and then when it's when the time is right if you want to you know put a performance in and, and give it your um give it your all, you know, to give it the time and respect the Marathon needs. So but I've i I've, I've people who've moved up and you know, a lot, I coach a lot of people maybe around the three hour Marathon mark and they're looking to go under that. And you know, it's it's great helping people along the way and um some of them are going to Chicago which is before Dublin and then to Dublin as well. So um just like what, what what Kieran was saying about Dublin, the the the, the big city maritons abroad are great as well and you know it's great to see the cities and you, you make a trip. But the thing with Dublin as well, and I think in the past um, you know, say Dublin's not the fastest course and there's the hills, but I, I, my PB is from Dublin, I ran my fastest time there so I think the way Dublin is, you can nearly break it up into different sections and it keeps it nearly concentrated where some of them big European marathons, they're dead flat courses and you know you're just kind of, you don't notice it, you don't know the streets, but in Dublin, especially for myself you know, I'm saying right, you're in the Phoenix Park and then you're Inchy Inchicore Ratgar, all these places and you're like, alright I'm here now, and it kind of keeps you keeps you distracted somewhat because the first half of marathon you don't want to be using up too much energy thinking about your you know you obviously keep an eye on your pace and stuff but if you have a few little things to keep your head distracted from what's coming in the latter stages um, and that's where Dublin's great and um, after you're talking about Roebuck you're coming down Foster's Avenue which is just it's a nice finish in Dublin so that's a good thing to look forward to when you're getting into them last four or five miles um, you have the UCD flyover that's the last little stinger and then you're down Nutley Lane um, Balls Bridge and it's such a nice finish into Merrion Square so I, I the buzz I got from coming down them streets was, was brilliant um, so I think that's what, what everyone's going to look forward to and I think the crowds will be bigger again this year So, um, and that's what people can run fast in Dublin if they're looking to run a PB don't think oh I have to go to Berlin I have to go to wherever it may be so just, you, know, you can still run fast in Dublin and I think it's been shown in recent years so big run coming from here, on there.
1: <laughs> massive, massive run uh, just before we finish just just on you, like the European Championships are in the next uh, wild starting after the weekend uh, and Irish Athletics how are we doing at the moment Like Rashid Adeleke is obviously somebody that we're, we're tracking quite closely
4: yeah we have um, a big team going out there I think something like 34 athletes going out to compete and um, yeah the European Championships it's, I suppose it's coming late this summer after the World Championships in Oregon um, so it's been a long year, but a number of athletes have held out and they're specifically focusing on the European Championships. So I think we've got athletes competing every day. So there's, there's a lot to cheer for. And hopefully, you know, we'll see some of the athletes progress to the semifinals and into the finals, you know, across a long distances, We've got people running from the 100 metres to the marathon. The marathon is on Monday. Um, it looks like it's going to be pretty hot out there. Um, I think Aoife Cook, she's been a bit under the radar recently, but uh been preparing specifically for that. So, you know, being from Cork, I'll be cheering her on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it, it should be a good championship. I think Kira McGeehan had a really good run at the Commonwealth Games last weekend, finishing second. That was the best. So I've seen her run in a championship race for a long time. So I think if she carries that form to the Europeans, then she should definitely be challenging for a medal there as well.
1: Well, Sonia and Katrina, you're inspirational people, And we want to thank you so much for your time on the Saturday panel. And Kieran and Mick, thank you for coming into the studio. And Kieran, tell us how you can donate uh, folks out there to support your marathon run in October.
0: If you go to, like I said, my Instagram is at Cudahy and there's a link in the bio and I'll put it up on Twitter as well and you might share it on Twitter as well. So people will find it on John's uh, Twitter account, a link to it. And like I said, every red cent hugely appreciated by the Irish Cancer Society.
1: Roll on October the 30th. Sonia and Katrina. Thanks so much for speaking to us on Off the Ball Thank Saturday you. here today. You're
4: welcome. You. Best of luck, Kieran, with thanks, Sonia, and at the marathon. We'll be tracking you
1: now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no pressure, no yeah, pressure, yeah. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. You only got two months, Kieran. Only got two months, Mick. Thanks so much, man. Thanks very much for having me in, yeah. Mick Clancy, uh, Sonia Sullivan, and Catherine McKeenan, and Kieran Cuddy here here on Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk, Talk about the marathon, October the thirtieth in Dublin. We're back after this. The
0: Saturday panel on Off
1: the Ball.